0: You that you are the miracle worker, thank you that you are the promise keeper. Thank you that even when we don't see that you're working, you're working, Lord. You're working, Lord. That we have a God who moves on behalf of those who wait for Him. Scripture would say, Who has heard of a God like this that moves on behalf of those who wait for Him, Lord? So we come today with thankful hearts, Lord. We come today looking. To you. We come today uh, boldly into your throne room, boldly into your presence, Lord, to meet with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. My name is Zach uh, Daniel. For those of you that don't know me, I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch, Dallas. If you are new to our church, uh, we are so honored that you are with us. Our hope is that our community and this service today would be an inspiration and an encouragement in your life and would help you encounter Jesus in a fresh way. Whether that's for the first time or for the 4,000th time, that this would be a place and we would be a people that would help you to know the Lord and his great love for you in fresh ways. And if you're a part of Antioch Dallas, if you uh, call this your church home, uh, I, I don't know what 2021 holds for us, but but we made it through 2020, which is something to be said. So give yourself a little pat on the back, I love you, and I'm honored to get to uh, be a part of this church, and I'm honored to get to uh, lead us into where I believe the Lord has taken us here in the new year. Uh, As we go through the time today, this sermon time of day, uh, if you will pull out uh, your Bible and something to write with, you can use your phone if you uh, need to, or if you brought a paper copy, go for that. Um, We love to look at God's Word, and I love, as a pastor, to help you look for yourself and see God's Word for yourself engage with Scripture, because we believe that this Scripture has life in it, that it's living and active. And I encourage everyone to take notes, not because I'm that impressed with what I have to say, but I realize that taking notes helps us to remember what God is trying to speak to us so that we can carry it into our week, and I believe that God has a good word to speak to you today. We are going to be in Hosea chapter 10 as we start today. Hosea is in the Old Testament. Uh, If you you don't know your Bible well, uh, it's one of the more obscure books, so I'd encourage you to use the table of contents or the Google search to find Hosea chapter 10. As we uh, turn there, I want to tell you a story, a remarkable story I heard over the Christmas holiday. Uh, It was about a gentleman named Richard Montañez. Now, Spanish speakers, did I get that right? Montañez? Ify? Okay, I got a little acknowledgement in the back. You guys are going to need to talk with me today, even through the masks. Uh, Richard Montañez. And he was born in Cucamonga Valley, California, in a one-room cinder block house where he and 14 of his family members lived. He didn't speak much English, and so school was a chore for him. Uh, and he left school at, in fourth grade. Fourth grade, he exited school and decided to go to work in the fields around his house. Worked in the fields for a number of years until a friend and associate got him a job as a janitor at Frito Lake. And as he took that job, he was going to make the most money he had ever made per hour, which was $4.50. And he thought that he had made his way in the world. As he was preparing to go for that first day at work, his grandfather pulled him aside. And he said, as you go into this job, I want you to make sure that the floors shine. And I want everyone to know that a Amontanez did it. You want them to know your name and that you are the reason that the floors were that clean. That spoke something into Richard's life. This proved to be an inflection point for him, a turning point for him, a change of direction. As he went into Frito-Lay, he gave himself to the admonition of his grandfather. He gave himself to being the best janitor that he could be and doing it with pride, working at it with all of his heart. And as he worked there, he began to learn the business of Frito-Lay, he began to learn the product line, the way they marketed, the way the the business was oriented. He picked that up as he was working as a janitor. And at one point, Frito-Lay went through an economic dip. And so to try and boost company morale, they started a program called Everyone an Owner. And the idea was to empower all of their employees to take ownership over their jobs, over their role, and help the company pull through a very challenging time. Well, Montanez, who had been working as a janitor with all his heart, took this challenge to heart. And he began to think about the company and how he could do his job better and how he could make the company better. And he was struck with an idea. So he decided to call the CEO of Frito-Lay uh, and he calls him, he gets the guy on the phone, and the guy's like, I'm not sure who you are. Are you the head of sales over North America? He's like, no, 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 I'm in California. Oh, are you the, the head of you know, this factory? No, no, no. He's like, well, what, what are you? So I'm the janitor there. And the CEO of this large company was struck by this janitor with the boldness to call him and to propose an idea. And when shared the idea, um, If Eli, will you bring up those shared the idea. He said, hey, Frito-Lay does not have a product that targets, oh yeah, you can bring them here, yeah. that targets uh, a, a Latino community. He said that Latinos uh, like their spices. Yeah. And so he said, I've got an idea for a product, the uh, Flaming Hot Cheeto. So the CEO uh, you know, and was impressed by the boldness uh, of Richard and was like, well, you know, let's set up a meeting. And so Richard went to work, kind of concocting his own, uh, taking the Cheetos and then adding his own spice mix to it. He uh, ironed together bags and developed a, a simple, like, product marketing for it to take to the meeting. So he walked in with these homemade bags, with his homemade flaming hot Cheetos, and he presented. The CEO at the end of that meeting said, it's time for you to leave your mop behind. You are coming and we are doing this product. And today, this is so crazy. Today, Richard Montanez, the guy who didn't graduate fourth grade, uh, is worth 400 million dollars because he came up with the Flaming Hot Cheeto. And if you're a Flaming Hot Cheeto fan, I've got four bags of them that you can come find me after the service. I'm gonna give you this. You can have it now. We'll just pass those out. special communion today. (laughs) And I, I love that story because I think we all resonate with those stories of people kind of starting in one place and there being an inflection point in their lives, a turning point in their lives that lead them into a better future. Those stories capture our hearts. And scripture is full of inflection points for people points of change, points where they're going one direction, and they have an opportunity to turn from where they are and go in a new direction toward a better future. And we're going to read in Hosea chapter 10 about an inflection point for God's people. Everybody say inflection point. Inflection point, right? The, The point where you're going one way, and then all of a sudden you're going a different way. Hosea chapter 10, God, speaking like a father to his people, begins to speak to them similar to how uh, Richard's grandfather spoke to him, speaking words of counsel, speaking admonition, wanting a better future for his people. You see, his people had strayed. They had wandered in their heart. They were still honoring God with their lips, but their hearts had drifted far from him. They had begun to worship and pursue other things. They'd begun to pursue the gods of money and prosperity and power and fruitfulness, and they'd turned from the God, uh, their God, who had saved them. They began to put their hope in other things and even other nations, leaders to bring them into uh, a new future. And the fruit of that was not only brokenness in their own lives, was not only deception in their own lives, was not only evil in their lives personally. But it began to affect their community and there were all sorts of societal injustices being done as the result of their turning from the Lord. So God speaks to them and calls them to an inflection point. Hosea chapter 10, he says to them, he says, sow righteousness for yourselves and reap the fruit of unfailing love. Break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and he showers his righteousness on you. But you have planted wickedness, you have reaped evil, you've eaten the fruit of deception because you've depended on your own strength and on your own many warriors. The roar of battle will rise now against your people so that all your fortresses will be devastated, as Shalman devastated Beth Arbel on the day of battle when the mothers were dashed to the ground with their children. God speaking through the prophet Hosea, is calling his people. He said, I have called you to sow seeds of righteousness. What you've sown are seeds of evil that rather than sowing toward the things of God, they had sown their time, their energy, their affection, their resources to pursuing other things. He said, you have planted, you've sown, you've put seeds in the ground of wickedness and you've reaped the fruit of those choices. You've reaped the fruit of evil, you've reaped the fruit of deception. Now, no one likes to be deceived. The problem with being deceived is you don't know that you are being deceived until much later. But God was speaking through Hosea and was saying, the way that you have been sowing, the way you've been spending your time, you've been spending your life, you've been spending your goals, is sowing into wickedness and you're reaping the fruit of evil and deception. But God's saying, I've called you and I'm calling you now to sow Seeds of righteousness, that you might reap the fruit of unfailing love. I'm calling you to break up your unplowed ground and to seek the Lord in a fresh way. And seek him until the Lord comes and he rains the showers of righteousness down on his people. God speaking through Hosea is using all these farming agricultural imagery to communicate about an inflection point that he was calling his people into. There are four points of focus, right? For the the, the story about Richard Montanez, his grandfather gave him two points of focus. Do your best, make that floor shine and make sure they know that you did it. Here God speaking through Hosea gives four points of focus for this inflection point. There are four things you wanna write each one of these down because they are important. The first one was he was calling them to pay attention to what they were sowing and to what they were reaping. Now, we don't live in an agricultural society. They did, so they would have been familiar with the idea of, okay, I sow this you know, seed into the ground, wait a few months and this crop comes up, right? We're a little bit disconnected from that. But when we think about sowing, right? When we think about where are we putting our time? When you, uh, if you're 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 married in the room and you take your spouse on a, out on a date, you are sowing into that relationship. As a parent, maybe you um, you know, just got your kids uh, gifts for Christmas because you're trying to sow into their lives. At work, you might have a plan this year to go early because you're sowing into becoming a better salesperson or whatever it is, right? We're taking a resource and we're putting it, we're investing it now, hoping for a better return later. God is challenging them and calling them to pay attention to how they are sowing and what they are going to reap from their sowing. That's the first point of focus. The second point of focus is he caused them to break up their unplowed ground. Now he's not meaning this literally. He's not telling them to go out in their backyard, pull out the plow, and it's time to start a new field. He's speaking about the state of their hearts. This unplowed ground was ground that had become unusable because it was hard, it was overgrown, It was rock and weed infested. We've all been around ground that was like that. When we first moved to Dallas, we lived in East Richardson. And our house, um, I, I was not familiar with being a homeowner. I was not familiar with proper watering of the ground. And during the summer, it was so hot and so dry. The ground in our front yard got so hot. Grass died and it began to crack and pull apart. It was that hard. That's the type of ground that God is saying. That's where his people's hearts had gone to. They were hard, that they were cracked, that they were rocky, that there were weeds grown, and he was calling them to break up the unplowed ground. That it's time to plant something new. Those words are hopeful. God is not saying, I'm done with you. God is not saying it's over for you. God is saying I see potential in the ground and I'm calling you to break up that unplowed ground. Unplowed ground to do what? In order to seek the Lord in a fresh way. He was calling them into a season of seeking God with the promise that God was going to rain down righteousness on them. That God was going to bring the fruit of his unfailing love in their lives if they responded to the inflection point. Now, the the, the people of God in this story, they did not respond. They did not heed the Lord's call. They did not take the time to assess their ways and seek the Lord in a fresh way, and it led to their downfall and destruction. This challenge or this initiative or this admonition from the Lord, I believe, goes out to his people, not just in their generation, but in our generation, every generation since then. I believe that God is consistently initiating with his people like a father initiates with children and calling us into a better future that he has for us. As we come, as our church comes, we come to the beginning of the year, This is a natural point of inflection where we just kind of naturally begin to think about, okay, what do I want to do differently in this year ahead than where I've been? And I believe for us out of this passage of scripture that God is speaking to us and he's calling us as his people to an inflection point. He's calling us as his people into a fresh season of sowing a fresh season of plowing, a fresh season of seeking, a fresh season of contending and longing for the things of the Lord with the promise that he wants to pour out his reign, the reign of righteousness on our lives, on our church, and on our city. They didn't respond, the people that heard this initially. And to be honest, if we just kind of read this and go about our ways, we won't respond either. But if we remember that Jesus came and we remember Jesus' great love for us, we remember his death on the cross, his resurrection, his fulfillment of being our righteous leader. If we look to him, we will find the grace that we need to respond to the Lord's admonition, to have this inflection point in our lives and to see breakthrough as we move forward in the future. I wanna go through each of these parts with you because over the next 21 days, I wanna go through each of these four focuses uh, from January 11th, so not quite yet, January 11th to January 31st, we're gonna be engaging as a church in a season of prayer and fasting. If you've been a part of our church for a while, you know that we uh, practice prayer and fasting. We'll fast in the fall. We'll fast in the spring. We're fasting in January. We, We believe in the power of prayer and fasting. And we're gonna be entering into a fresh season of that here in January. The theme of our time is called Holy Spirit Come because we need more of God's power, more of God's presence in our lives and for our city. And I wanna walk you through some of the basics of that because I think this is an opportunity for all of us to meet that inflection point, to respond to God's call on our lives, to seek him in fresh ways. And I'm excited to see what may come. So when we begin to think about sowing and reaping, prayer and fasting is an opportunity that we all have to sow and it sets us up to reap. When we begin to pray into issues in our lives, things that God puts on our hearts, we're we're sowing, we're taking seeds of faith and we're sowing them into God's hand. And he promises to be faithful to answer prayer. When we fast, we're doing the same. We're saying, God, we're actually very serious about this. This is more than just, well, I'll say a quick prayer, but I, I'm reorienting my life because I'm so focused on this. Prayer and fasting is an opportunity for sowing, and that's what we're gonna be entering into. Prayer and fasting is an opportunity for us to break up the unplowed ground in our lives. As I was thinking back over 2020, uh, you know, I think that it, in many ways, has broken up whatever unplowed ground in our hearts that there is. It's been a very hard year and our culture tells us you know that it's, it's hard things don't break you you know they show you their strength but but in the kingdom hard things actually are meant to produce brokenness godly brokenness in our lives we're broken of pride we're broken of self-sufficiency we're broken of greed we're broken of selfish ambition we're broken of hatred we're we're broken through the trials and challenges of life and when we respond to the lord with prayer and fasting The soil of our hearts gets churned up in fresh ways and prepared for new fruitfulness. Prayer and fasting is a tool to seek the Lord. It is a means where we can say in the midst of our lives we're going to turn our attention to God in a fresh way. And as we take the time to pray and to spend time in his word and spend time with his people, we began to seek him in fresh ways with the promise that he is going to come and he is going to reign righteousness upon us. The fourth point of focus I forgot to mention was dependence on the Lord's strength. God speaks to them here in verse 13. He says, you've depended on your own strength and on your own many warriors. And God is calling his people to depend on his strength. Prayer and fasting is a tool that reminds us that our strength is not rooted in us, but our strength is rooted in our King, that God is our strength, and it's his strength that we depend on. And so we're entering into this time of prayer and fasting around these uh, several verses to respond to the invitation of the Lord for an inflection point as we head into the new year. When we fast, uh, we, we typically do food. We typically, as a church, we typically fast from food. Uh, that's a regular thing that we do. This 21-day fast, we're actually doing something a little different. So you wanna make sure you hear this. This 21-day fast, I encourage you, fast from food as the Lord leads you, but I wanna challenge all of our church to fast from media. And what I mean by media, I've got a fan right there, what I mean by media is I mean 2020, we've just been inundated with videos, and social media, and podcasts, and news stories, and just over and over and over and over and over again. And as we were looking toward this year and seeking the Lord on God, what do you have for us? The thing that was highlighted was we need a season as a people. Not a permanent season, but a season as a people where, where the background noise in our lives gets turned down. So that the voice of the Lord, our ability to hear it, gets turned up. You know you hear different things when it gets really quiet. You hear different things when you're out in the woods, away from the city. When, when the background noise turns down, we're able to hear things that we wouldn't normally hear. And so we're gonna be fasting, I'm encouraging you to fast from media. And what I mean by that is take time to, to not listen to your podcasts for three weeks. Take time to not watch Netflix or YouTube or whatever you watch, ESPN, whatever you watch, take time to set it aside for three weeks. Take time to turn your news stories, your news feeds, your social medias off for three weeks to create space and to create silence for us to be able to seek the Lord. Now, what I'm not saying is, I'm not saying if you're a student to tell your professor you can't turn in whatever assignment you have because your pastor said y'all are supposed to be on a media fast. Don't do that. Don't tell your boss that you can't come to that Zoom meeting because you're on a media fast. If there are places and ways that you're connecting with people relationally, because I know that many of us are, are a bit isolated in this time, I'm not saying turn that off. If it's people connection, if it's work-related or school-related, like go for it. You guys know what I'm talking about, though, just the extra noise that we all have in our lives, just day to day. And rather than going about this in a legalistic way where if you're a parent and you're like, well, I really depend on that show time for me to be able to take a shower, <laughs> don't worry about it. You, l- let your kids watch the show. Those of you that you know get angry about kids watching shows, you can email me later, that's fine. But I'm just saying, like, we're not trying to be legalistic about this, of some rigid thing. Like, We're not made for this, this was made to help us. Okay, so I'm going to trust you to figure out what that looks like for you, but I want to invite you in because there's opportunity ahead of us. There's a harvest of unfailing love ahead of us. There is the showering of the Lord, the showering of his righteousness into our lives in fresh ways. Our church has a history, a rich history of experiencing the power of God. Breaking through in people's lives when we have turned to prayer and to fasting. I can think through children who are alive today, who their parents were diagnosed as being infertile, but they received a breakthrough through prayer and fasting, that now they're here. And families are big families, actually. Floodgates opened. Right? I, I can think through people who God spoke a significant word about the trajectory of their lives and their career as we prayed and fasted. I can think through people who were healed of physical diseases, physical sickness. I can think through people who uh, didn't know the Lord, who we prayed and fasted on their behalf when they came to know Jesus. Our church has a rich history of experiencing the power of God to break through in times of prayer and fasting. So I want you to think about, this is my question for you. I would classify this fresh seeking of the Lord, this fresh harvest of righteousness, this fresh outpouring of his spirit, I would classify it as renewal. And my question for you to think about this week is, what does renewal look like in your life? What does renewal look like in your life? I wrote down uh, what it looks like for me. One phrase, renewal for me looks like I have been anointed with the oil of joy and my joy changes the atmosphere around me. That I believe one of the things God wants to do in my life is a fresh uh, outpouring of the joy of the Holy Spirit in such a way that when I walk into environments, those environments get impacted by the joy of the Lord. That's what I'm gonna be praying into and seeking the Lord on for me personally. What does renewal look like for you? Maybe it's something in you. Maybe it's a fruit of the Spirit in your life. Maybe it's a relational breakthrough. Maybe it's career decision. Maybe it's a physical sickness or physical need that you have that we wanna pray into. What does renewal look like for you? in your seat, I believe these were in the seats, if they're not, they, if you didn't get one, you can get one at the welcome desk on the way out. We have these awesome prayer and fasting booklets designed to help you engage. And the theme you'll see on the front says, Holy Spirit, come. Because what renewal looks like for me is the joy of the Lord. Yours is probably different. You might have something else. You might have a breakthrough in your job, right? But as a church, church-wide, We need a breakthrough in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in the life of our church. We need more of the Lord, and we need the Lord to have more of us. And So individually, we're going to have one big thing that we're praying for, I'd encourage you to. But as a church, we're going to have one big thing, and that is praying, Holy Spirit, come. Come in ways, I'm surrendering in ways I never have before. Come in ways and fill us with your presence and power like we've never experienced before. A fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So personally, we're believing for what does renewal look like for you? And corporately as a church, we're believing that renewal for us looks like the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit poured out in fresh ways in our midst. The encouragement to all of this is that as we press in to seeking the Lord, as we turn up the unplowed ground of our hearts in prayer and in fasting, as we sow seeds of righteousness, the promise is that according to the measure that we sow, we will reap. That God says we'll reap the fruit of unfailing love. It'll shower down righteousness in our lives and in our relationships and in our community. So we're starting not today or tomorrow, we're starting next Monday, January 11th, but I wanted to start talking about it today so that you can have time to think about it, to plan, to pray about how are you going to be a part. Our life groups will be focused on this this month, and my hope is that everyone in our church would participate at some level. Whether you're here in the sanctuary today, you're watching online, someone's involved with a life group or a serve team, that everyone would participate in some way. And Over the coming weeks, we're going to be meeting together to pray and to seek the Lord in fresh ways. How's that sound? looks awesome. So before you leave today, I want to make sure that you get one of these booklets in your hands. They're beautiful. Uh, They're inspiring artwork and they will help guide you through this time of prayer and fasting. We'll be talking about it each Sunday during the month. We'll be talking about it in life groups and working together, praying together toward these things. But you wanna get a hold of these booklets. If you're watching online, we'll have this available to download on our website this week so you can get one as well. You wanna grab one of these before you leave today. Okay, I wanna invite you guys to stand. And we're gonna take time now to respond to the Lord, to respond to his kindness, to initiate with us, to invite us into a better future, to invite us into a fresh hope, to invite us into breakthroughs. God is inviting us into a a future, a good future, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us hope and a future. And I wanna pray that over us. Jesus, as we head into 2021, We're thankful for your kindness. We're thankful for your love that initiates with us, Lord. We may come to the table tired today. We may come to the table disillusioned today. We may come before you uh, uh, angry today or distant today or whatever we may be feeling, Lord, but that doesn't have to define us going forward, Lord. You are inviting us into something new. You're inviting us into an inflection point, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to respond, that you would help us to press in, to seek you in fresh ways, to turn down the excess of noise in our lives, Lord, in order to turn up the volume on your voice speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen.